hashtag Tim and Friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Tim and Friends for a Friday. That awkward dancing off the top means... One and only thing, my friend and yours, Jesse Rubinoff, back in the digital producer seat. What's up? Hey! What's up, everyone? How and, you doing? And just in time for a big show. That's right. No chance to mail it in on Friday, kids. Jays and Twins from the Rogers Center. Blue Jays Central in about an hour and a half as your game day starts right here on Tim and Friends. The Raptors' Scotty Barnes. Did you know this, Jesse? Is throwing out the first pitch for tonight's game at the Rogers Center. And before he does, he's joining us here on the show from the carpet at the Rogers Center. Better or worse than your first pitch throw? What are you? Ooh, he looks like an athlete to me. I think I saw. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does. You think? I think I saw it on Sports Interaction actually. It's tough. Oh yeah, is there yeah. is there a yeah. bet? Yeah, it's a prop. It's tough for a big guy though. Like he's what six seven, six eight? Yes, six six nine. He might be six nine. Big boy. He might be six nine. Now that I think about it, either way, it's tough to get all those limbs in order to throw, right? Did you see Giannis swing before? Did you practice? I I wonder. That's the question, right? So I'm not sure he's practicing. I don't think he cares. I brought my glove. I asked someone to play catch with me. I gave them the glove so that I could play catch in the back. I was so nervous. That's the difference. He's six nine. It was confirmed. (laughs) 6'9", Scotty Barnes. Tough. Scotty Barnes, Raptors' fourth overall pick, coming your way 6.15 p.m. Eastern time. The Canucks' Bo Horvat also joining the fray to promote another Rogers moment that could win any of you a trip to any home opener in the NHL. That right there is a prize. And, of course, every Friday during the NFL season is a big show as Nate Burleson joins us to chop up the Thursday nighter. Not only is that the second straight entertaining Thursday nighter, but I also learned this week that Nate is a pineapple on pizza guy. Are we going to ask him if he likes cheese on pizza? We are going to have to have a conversation about the pizza. You and I had a conversation about the too much cheese on pizza, said Jesse Rubinoff one day. We're going to have to have a talk about the pineapple on pizza with yes. Nate coming up. Shai Davidi from the park. Scotty Barnes, fresh off a column in the Players' Tribune from the park. Canucks captain Bo Horvat, Nate Burleson. Oh, oh, this is a good show. I warned Kevin Mickey yesterday. He was sitting in that chair, mm-hmm. and he guaranteed his NFL picks. And I warned, you don't guarantee anything that you can't cash in on. But I guarantee you, this show will entertain you more than Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were entertained at the Clippers groundbreaking ceremony earlier today. See, already more entertaining. Honestly, Laughing at that makes it already more entertaining. Honestly, 
there is a chance Kawhi was really enjoying himself. Like, <laughs> that's a right? solid yet. You, you don't know. Nobody knows. He could have been having the time of his life, and that's yeah. just the way Kawhi Leonard is. That could have been the best moment of his entire yes. life. Yes. We just wouldn't know. Maybe he was in shock. He's like, oh, I love this band. <laughs> i got to follow this band on tour now. It's possible. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> you like that one, yeah. eh? Paul Sit- George, though. I don't think Paul George is having a good time. I'm going to give Sixero credit again today. Mm. He was looking good on breakfast television earlier today. I don't yeah. know if you saw the I fit. I didn't know. But he was looking sharp, like turned into yeah, a, a, fashion, a fashion maven on breakfast mm-hmm. television. Uh, he tweeted out the that video and said... That's him watching this federal election. Yeah. Yeah. We had a feeling that that tweet was going to come up. I have it right here. Yeah. (laughs) Me watching this federal election. Yeah. That is going to go. Yeah. Uh, I got a feeling he'll get a few likes. (laughs) Kawhi. (laughs) Kawhi's just staring. It's so good. It's the gift that just keeps on giving Kawhi, right? It will. Yes. Never ends. He just, it's the same face all the time. You put him in different situations, different contexts, and it just. Hey. Hits, views. Never never look a gift horse in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly right. All right. All that and reports suggesting that the Raptors have signed a Tentacompo today. Oh. Oh. Not Giannis. Oh. Not Thanasi. Not Costas. But Alex Tentacompo, the youngest of the Tentacompo brothers. Okay. All right. Sorry. From the youngest of the McAuliffe brothers to the oldest of the Rubinoff brothers. Shout out Spencer. Mm. Let's do this first things first. Wow. First things first. First. Well, you just made his day. Spencer going to be? Yeah. Oh, he's going to be pumped. Yeah, yeah I'll be good. getting a call at 701. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Definitely. Nice. I'll be happy. Yeah. Shout, Shout out, out Spencer. Shout out. Uh, okay, so let's go to the Blue Jays first because that is all anybody is talking about. They will play the Minnesota Twins seven times over the next 10 days starting tonight with the opener of a three-game set at Rogers Center. Now, even though they were off yesterday, the Jays, hey, gained ground in the wild card race thanks to a Yankees the Yankees blowing a ninth inning lead in Baltimore. As a result, the Jays and Red Sox are now a half game ahead mm-hmm. of the Yankees. So last Friday, the Jays were a half game back of the second wild card. Then they scored, oh, I don't know, 44 runs in three <laughs> games against the Orioles and were in first place in the wild card standings on Monday. So, Timmy, what is going to happen <laughs> Not this that. weekend? I, I think I can safely guarantee now two <laughs> things on this show. Not, I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, a reminder, though, for Jays fans, that what happened with the Yankees yesterday can happen anytime in baseball. Like, I've heard enough people suggest to me, well, this isn't a very good Twins team, so the Jays should sweep. Like, that just doesn't happen in baseball. Any team on any day, especially with, like, the Twins have a couple of pitchers. The Baltimore Orioles have a couple of pitchers. My guy, don't call him Ryan Ellis, pitched pretty well, gave him a chance, and at the end of the game, they were able to pull it out. Austin Hayes keeps getting it done. And it's a great reminder, you're not going to go perfect to end the season even against the worst teams. Things happen in baseball as they happened last night in Baltimore. So don't expect to just walk over to this Twins team. They don't have great pitching, so they should be able to do some damage against this pitching, though their starters ain't half bad, and they will make you pay. See those home runs? 206 on the season. That's fifth in the majors. So... Hyunjin Ryu's performance today and into the weekend, it looks like Barrios is going to go 
on that Sunday. So Ryu, Mats, Barrios, they've got to pitch well because this team will make you pay. And as you can see, Pine Tower Pineda ain't bad this year. That's a 387 ERA. Better so, than Rios. Yeah, so it's it's not a given. But the Jays got to take care of business because it looks like it's going to be a fight down to the stretch, and this is fun. We need to discuss Ryu because it's been good start, really bad start, good start, really bad start for quite some time now. And when you look at the Blue Jays' rotation, I think if you're thinking of confidence that you have in the rotation, he's probably in the back half of of the rotation. I agree with you, but I've got some stats for you. Let's hear it. Do you want to hear some stats? Yes, I do. do. All right, so this is from our friend Chris Black on Twitter again. Hyunjin Ryu Days of rest is important. We've heard this for a while. He enjoys the extra day of rest. So on regular rest, 12 starts this year, he's got a 5.64 ERA. If he gets two-plus days of rest, it's a 4.11 ERA. But today, he's going on one extra day of rest. He's done that 10 times this year and has a 2.61 ERA. And not only that, Jesse, not only that to kind of butter you up for tonight's outing. Danny Jansen is catching him. Mm -hmm. And I've talked a couple different times with a couple different people on whether or not this makes a difference. Who catches you? Your battery mate. And there are differing opinions in and around baseball on what that can do. But there is no doubt from the numbers that when Danny Jansen is catching Hyunjin Ryu, he does better than with anybody else on this team. It's 16, it's not a small sample size, 16 starts to 12 starts, and the ERA is over one and a half points lower with Danny Jansen catching him. The whip is lower, the opponent's average is lower, the K's to strikeouts, better. So it seems as though this is the perfect scenario for Hyunjin Ryu, who hasn't been ace-like this year, to go into this Friday night meeting with the Twinkies. Does it at all concern you, though, that they would need to get him that extra rest to turn him into the pitcher that they yes. expected that they were going to have? Yes, it does concern me. Right? It does concern me. You can't me. always and do that. It's luxury to be able to give a pitcher an extra day of rest. Without a doubt. And that's why I think we saw the shuffling of the TBA mm-hmm. on Sunday and eventually being... Uh, Barrios going on Sunday, which allows Ray to go on Monday, Manoa to go on Tuesday, and then the Jays to line up those starters against the Yankees, which should be tough competition and very meaningful games. And then maybe even, like, there's no doubt if the Jays were playing a wild card game, if the Jays have their druthers, it's Robbie Ray. Yeah, no question. No question. So I think we now know the level of trust with Hyunjin Ryu, but I also think we now know, given the statistics that I just gave you, if you can afford the opportunity of one Danny Jansen catching and two an extra day's rest, which you have both of tonight, that's what you would prefer for Hyunjin Ryu. Now, do you want your ace to be better? Yes, of course you do. Yeah. But you've also got other guys that have been pitching better, so you take one with the other. Two quick things. So I noticed... I went through his starts, and he's got four starts this season where he's allowed six or seven earned runs. So he's really been prone to the blow-up start. But then other than that, he's had a sub-three ERA in three of the six months this season. So you know what he's capable of. He was third in Cy Young voting last year. He's been up there in Cy Young voting for a number of years now. You just need him to avoid that big number. And also, final thing, Mm -hmm. Kinjin Ryu uh, doesn't use Twitter all that often. But he tweeted yesterday. Oh, yeah? For the first time 
in seven years, Tim. What? Seven years? Seven years. So the last what? time Hinjin Ryu tweeted was in 2014, and this is what he tweeted yesterday at 9.02 p.m., September 16th, 2021. That picture has now become his profile picture on Twitter. Hinjin Ryu is gearing up for the stretch run. So no text. Big things. Nothing. No, just a picture. Just give me the damn ball picture? Is yes. that what that is? Basically. It's a picture of him saying, give me that ball. <laughs> the tweet right below. Uh, first, first responder. First responder. I always love first Cody, responder. Cody Belligerent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the box office the last time Ryu tweeted, which was in 2014, The Maze Runner was the number one movie <laughs> That's in pretty, the box office. That so. is pretty good. So uh, Jays, Twinkies tonight. Uh, those wondering, Boston <laughs> starts a series at home to the Orioles, yep. who are 47 and 99 on the year. Yankees start a season, uh, series with Cleveland. Excuse me. They're 71 and 73 on the year. So that's kind of how the three teams play out tonight. Shy coming up later in the show. Talk a little bit more Jays because like I said, that's all. We're in the stretch run now. It's September. Every game matters. Um, But you know what else is coming? That would be the hockey season. Right around the corner. And Price was on the ice for the second straight day at the Habs Training Center in Brassard this morning. Price worked out with a member of the training staff following practice at Habs Rookie Camp. Yesterday was believed to be the first time he was on the ice since undergoing knee surgery in late July. It was originally announced that Price would need 10 to 12 weeks to recover, which would have gone into October. But here we sit. It's now September 17th. Are you surprised he's back this quickly? Wait a second here. First, it was not just 10 to 12 weeks. It was he might be gone for the entire season. Just so happens when the Seattle (laughs) Kraken were about to make their expansion draft. Like, this has been very interesting, to say the least, out of Montreal. And the fans are always anxious when it comes to Carey Price. Because in the past, we have seen pitchers like this before where Carey Price is on the ice and he's going to make a comeback or he actually makes a comeback and it doesn't last for long. There will be angst in Montreal, Jesse, until he laces them up and plays at least 10 games with the Habs because they have been beat down so many times before. And like I said yesterday with Kevin Mickey, every team in Canada has pressure going into this year, even the Habs who went to the Stanley Cup final last year, have some pressure. Mark Bergevin is under fire after losing Kotkaniemi to the Canes. The way that he did, it is going to be a very interesting year for many teams in Canada, not the least of which the one in Montreal. Like, I can't believe... I'm not the one that normally does this. Like, I'm not prone to the hot takery. I am here to give you information. But if you pulled every GM across this country and ask them honestly if they felt like they were on the hot seat. Maybe Shevel Day Off is the one that doesn't feel it. Maybe Ken Holland, but once the year is done, Ken Holland, depending on how they finish, could see himself on a hot seat as well. It is go time for a lot of Canadian markets. And frankly, it's going to make this season fun. Yeah, it is going to be fun. And here I was thinking the older you get – the longer it takes to recover from injuries. But Carey Price, proving yeah. us otherwise. Training I- camp starts on Tuesday, by the way, and the regular season opener for the Habs against the Leafs, October 13th. Not too far away. Less than a month. Does anything that the Leafs do in the regular season this year mean anything? No. Zero. Literally zero. They, I mean, they got to make the playoffs. Eight, they could go 82-0, and 0, and no one will care until they make the playoffs. No, of course not. No. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to have this 
conversation extensively, I think, as we get closer to the regular season. Yeah. But the answer is no. I mean, it's enough already. The, the fans are expecting yeah. to get into the second round. If you're not in the playoffs, you're in deep caca. Yeah, anyway. yeah, that's the only but thing. you got to yeah. make it in right. first. Even yeah. if you have a wonderful year, run away with the division, it won't mean a thing. No. No. Got but it. the division is harder, too, so that will be more difficult. Okay. Got it. Moving on to the Toronto Raptors. Now, yesterday's New York Times feature on Pascal Siakam certainly drew a lot of reaction from Raptors fans. In the article, Siakam talked about never really feeling like, quote, the guy after signing his max contract. Now, Spice CP was a fan favorite. How did he become such a polarizing figure for Raptors fans, Tim? It's sad uh, what it is, but it's because he got paid. Like, it's as simple as life that. Life of an athlete, yep. That is the life of an athlete in 2021. When you get paid, people have different expectations of you. Once he became a max player, all these people who sympathize with this wonderful story that was Pascal Siakam suddenly turned on him. But let me tell you something. Pascal Siakam is a wonderful basketball player, and if he figures it all out, he will go back on the same trajectory that had him an all-star and a very good player in this league. And all those fans will be eating crow. But that's not on the fans. That's not on Nick Nurse. That's not on Masai Ujiri. That's not on me sitting here. That's on Pascal Siakam. And figuring out a way to be successful with whatever team is around you. And I'm not going to give the, well, it's Kyle's team. Kyle averaged like 15 points and made a lot of people around him better. They didn't really have a rim runner last year. They didn't really have help for him in the front court that could alleviate some of the things that you need to do. But you can also fix that yourself. You could have rebounded more. You could have rebounded harder. You could have gone harder, period. There are a lot of opportunities for Pascal Siakam last year to become the man constantly at the end of games. Who was getting those possessions? It was Pascal Siakam. Missed a lot of game winners. Missed a lot of game winners. so for me, like... I get it. I think he can be a one. I was sitting here, and I would like to think I'll separate my shoulder. I said that it wasn't going to be OG before the big year that Siakam took the huge leap. I sat at this very desk, and I told all of you that it was going to be Pascal Siakam who had a better chance to make that leap. And he, he did make that leap. And never forget that because you, you don't lose the talent that got you there. But I think it's on Pascal Siakam this year to prove that that wasn't some aberration. And we've seen that before. Guys getting paid, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, kind of ease up a little bit. For yeah. a little. Alexander Ovechkin did it for like two years yeah. in the NHL and then won a Stanley Cup. So don't write him off yet, Raptors fans, but it's up to Pascal Siakam to write that ship. He did have shoulder surgery uh, at the end of the year, so he is expected to miss a little bit of training camp and ultimately the beginning of the regular season. Okay. Scotty, Scotty Barnes. Barnes. Yeah, yes. that's going to be... I'm looking forward to this. Play Tribune article, too, that he wrote. Did you read it? I did read it, yeah. It hit all the right notes, no? Yes, yes. I mean, there's one common theme between that New York Times article with Siakam and Scotty Burns, and that was that the front office is obsessed with winning. And I'm sure you'll ask Scotty Burns about that and what it's like to be within a culture now that just seems so intent on winning. And I think there's, like, there's this groundswell of support from the hardcore Raptor fans mm-hmm. that watch people go, should have taken Jalen Suggs! And they're like, have you seen this dude play defense? Yeah. Like, he's a different cat. He's a 20, just turned 20-year-old 20 who plays defense and has vision. 
Like, those are the two hardest things to teach any basketball player, and he comes with them. Yeah, he, was, he lost one game in summer league. He was upset that he didn't get to make it into the bracket <laughs> to go to the finals. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's going to be a player for sure for the Raptors. Uh, we were going to f- – sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I interrupted you. It's rude. Go no, ahead. that's fine. No, we were going to do some NFL talk, but that's what Nate's for, right? Yeah, I think – That's exactly what Nate's what, here for. That's what I was going to say is that we were going to do some talk about uh, how the New York the Giants – men Blew it, but Nate Burleson's coming up. So this this is how it's going to break down. Shy Davidi from the ballpark ahead of the Jason Twins. Uh, Raptors fourth overall pick, Scotty Barnes. From the ballpark, he's throwing out the first pitch at the Rogers Center. He will join us. And up next, a Friday tradition as we talk football with one of the best out there. Nate Burleson left good morning football, but he's still on Tim and Friends. It's a Friday. Let's go, kids. 48-yard try for the win. Kick is... No good, but a flag is down in the secondary. Hopkins will get another shot. Kick is good. Washington wins it. Ahead for Horvat through the defense. Bo Horvat scores. Just another typical Bo Horvat strong effort. And Bo knows hockey. Grounded through for a base hit. And a brutal loss for the Yankees. This one really stings a lot. Scotty B pounds down for Toronto. Scotty Barnes is an outstanding building block. Everybody loves Scotty Barnes. Yeah, it's Friday then. It's Saturday. All right, Fridays during the NFL football season means we get to chop it up with the homie Nate Burleson, who not only added CBS Mornings to the mix, NFL Slime Time on Nickelodeon to the mix, but fresh off an appearance on Stephen Colbert, almost the same thing, right? Tim Tim and Friends, Stephen Colbert, kind of, sort of... Yeah, the exact exact same type of vibe. Um, yeah. You know, the exact same studio. Yeah. Your studio is just a little bit smaller. Well, I mean, this is in a theater, yeah. right. but I mean, it's still just as beautiful. But you know, it, it was it was fun to be on uh, my first ever late night show. Colbert was amazing. Um, he was as cool as ever. Big time football fan. And then also next week I'll be on Drew Barrymore. So I'm making my rounds, fam. I'm making my rounds. We have the same studio audience here. I don't know if you've heard our studio audience before. Yeah, you're talking about the okay. That there it is. Yeah, nice. That singular clap in yep. the background. There's two. There's two <laughs> oh. today, Nate. You know what I'm talking about. We got two. Turn up. Turn up. <laughs> it is lit up in here today. All right. Before we know where we're going, you have to know where you've come from. Thursday nighter was entertaining to say the least, but in the end, sometimes Nate, we can't escape eternal truths, and I guess. The Giants going to Giant? Is that what we say after Thursday night? The Giants are going to Giant after starting off fast. Daniel Jones looked good in this game. Some would say that this was the best game they've seen him play. He was pushing the ball downfield. I would love to see him get Kenny Galladay involved a little bit more. Uh, But that athleticism that he was showing off, that right there got everybody excited. But as the Giants, Giants... The, the the Washington football team, they went out there and did their thing. But this is what we're looking at. These are the things that get everybody excited. You know, Daniel Jones dropping the ball right into the hands of Darius Slayton. He couldn't come down with it. Stepping up in the pocket like an old Eli Manning. <laughs> um, and, and this is why you get excited about Daniel Jones. I think this is the confirmation that he does have exactly what it takes to win. Huh. So what is it if you're a New York Giants fan? Is it the roster? No, they're talented. 
I mean, on paper, they are solid, as solid as it gets. Is it the coaching staff? No. I, I, I love Joe Judge. I'm a big fan of Joe Judge. Actually, my son, Nehemiah, he plays with his son. What's his son's <laughs> name? Sean? Sean Judge. Sean Judge. Yes, That's the homie go. right there. There you um, go. Shout out to Sean Judge. Shout but, out to Nehemiah, um, too. Shout out to Nehemiah. <laughs> yeah. 15 years old, 6'4". 200, eat oh. me out of house and oh. home. So, oh. Nehemiah, say what's up to all your Canadian oh. cousins. Okay. Hey, Just we making sure he knows his roots. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we might be able to get him Canadian national. Then he's in the CFL draft. Look out with those Canadian roots. You never know. Talk about it. <laughs> hey, but on the flip side, though, when it comes to the Washington football team, yeah. go ahead and crack yourself a Heineke because he was doing <laughs> his thing. <laughs> Listen, it started off a little rough, though. I was yeah. like, ooh, he took, a, he took a bad sack early in the game. I believe it was the first half. And then, man, 36 for 46. I can care less about the interception. But that throw to Ricky Seals-Jones in the right yes. corner of the end zone and then him on the sideline looking as that kick went through, this is where it starts, right? I mean, we know that the team likes him. I remember last year in the playoffs, Chase Young saying, yes. Heineke, this is my guy. I like him. I love him. We love him. So is this the future? At least a, a, a bridge quarterback that can suffice, and not only suffice, but win games. I really like what the Washington football team did. And on top of that, you got Chase Young and them dogs on the other side. Don't sleep on the Washington football team in the NFC East. I'll just say that. I will say, like, I was, I was big on the defense yesterday, and the Giants put up 29 points against that defense. Now, they were gifted a couple of points here and there, but here, right. herein lies the dilemma for me with the New York Giants. I believe that you draft and develop quarterbacks. They, everything is extra, no pun intended, in New York. And it feels like with the Giants, it's extra, extra. Or with the Jets, it's extra, extra. And they boo Daniel Jones when he's drafted. And then he goes on like a five-game run. They love Daniel Jones. I watched ESPN do like a feature saying, who were the people that booed him at the draft? And then they went and found those people. And those people said, I was wrong. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, it's, you can't have these knee jerks. Is that part of the draft and develop that kind of screws up those big market teams sometimes? No doubt about it. There's yeah. a duality that these fans have. Yeah. Um, and within that, that duplicity, it, there's a contradiction of these fan bases. Because I, I talk to Giants fans on a daily basis. And they will tell you straight up, I'm not sure about Daniel Jones. I mean, he has the tools, but we just got to wait and see. Right. And then after last night, I'm talking to those same fans, and they're saying, no, 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 he's good. We, we just got to surround him with the right pieces. I'm like, what do you mean surround him with the right pieces? He has the right pieces and some. Saquon's going to catch his rhythm. The wide receivers are making plays. The defense is solid. He has a good coaching staff. What else do you want? I think more than anything, to your point, let's give these guys a chance to develop. We are in a fast food industry, and I'm not talking about what you eat at the drive-thru. I'm talking about football fans, basketball, mm -hmm. baseball. It, it, the list goes on. We want quick and easy results, and we're not willing to wait for something to bake out. Daniel Jones right now is still learning himself as a quarterback. He started off in the shadow of Eli Manning, and he tried to be Diet Eli. He's not that. He's more athletic, and he can bring more to the table. I think last night was a confirmation that he is legit. And this team, if they don't win, it could be dismantled sooner than later. Preach, Nate. Uh, all right, we all know that stats are like Nicki Minaj videos. Hopefully, Nehemiah knows nothing about this. They show you a lot, but they don't show you everything. So we devised the little thing that we call super stat or meaningless number. You tell me if this is a super stat or a meaningless number, Nate. 
Since 1990, teams that have started the season 0-2 have made the playoffs just 11.6% of the time. Is that a super stat or a meaningless number? I'm going to say a super stat. Okay. And, and it, my, my gut my gut says, Nate, come on now. Teams can turn it around. You don't hit the panic button. You're not one of those knee-jerk reaction fans. My gut says that. Mm-hmm. But I do remember one season in particular when I was playing with the Detroit Lions. We go to Chicago, first game of the season, and Matt Stafford throws a beautiful ball to Calvin Johnson for the game winner. He slides on a knee, gets a hip down, and he tries to get up with the ball in his hand. The ball comes out way after he caught the rock. Yes. We lose that game on that technicality, the whole process of the catch. It was such a big loss to us that we never recovered. It, it was it, it was a blow to us. And I, I wish I could go back and, and talk to the team in the locker room that day and just say, hey, shake this off. But we couldn't. So the reason I bring all of this up is there are some teams that can't recover from the 0-2 loss because it seemed like as soon as you start the season, there's a flaw that you can't fix. Right. So as much as my gut and the football player says, hey, man, you can bounce back in the, the middle the middle part of the season, that's the most important stretch. If you start off 0-2 and teams are looking at you like lunch meat, then most of the time you're going to be getting cooked out there. All right, so natural follow-up because I'm supposed to be good like that. Uh, hype you're nice team. like that. <laughs> I'm nice like that. Um, hype teams in danger of falling to 0-2. Titans on the road in Seattle, 0-1 Ravens at home to the Chiefs, Cowboys at the Chargers, Packers home to Detroit. Who are you watching closely when it comes to that 0-2 number? I'm looking at the Titans. Um, you know, there's a new offensive coordinator there, Don, Todd Downing. Excuse me, Todd Downing was one of my former coaches with the Minnesota Vikings. He was an OC with the Raiders, been in the league for a long time, very knowledgeable individual. Um, the pressure's on him to create uh, uh, some type of rhythm within that offense. Last year, they were top five around there in play-action football, which helped Derrick Henry's game a lot. Um, They didn't really press on that that play-action pedal. And I think that's one of the strengths of that offense, especially when you have a quarterback like Tannehill who's who's athletic and can get outside the pocket. And then you have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. So I'm looking at the Titans. But with that said, I'm not as worried about the Titans as I am about the Packers. And I'll say something to you because I'm always honest with you. Yes, of course. Um, and very transparent. Mm-hmm. And I, I have my show on Sunday, and I'm I'm trying to to watch my words because I don't I don't want it to seem like I'm attacking Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm Aaron Rodgers' biggest fan. I wish I would have been one of those Green Bay wide receivers that played with him for a stretch of my career. But there was a part of me that was watching that game, and I just thought to myself, Is he bought in? Does he care? Like, I'm, I'm not saying he packed it in. Nah, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't even call Aaron Rodgers soft. Or he, he's given up on his team. But I just felt like he was checked out. Have you ever been somewhere and you're just people watching? And you see a couple. And one person is just, like, excited, talking. It could be the guy or the girl. And the other person is just like, and you're like, You're like, somebody, please rescue that girl or rescue that guy. They do not want to be here. It could be a first date. And you're like, this isn't going to end well. I kind of felt like that when I was watching Aaron Rodgers, especially after he was pulled and he's sitting on the sideline. He just had this this disposition as if he didn't care much about the moment. 
Now, maybe it was frustration and he didn't play well and he just had this demeanor and body language that didn't sit right with, you know, fans like me. But I'm, I'm it's bigger than football with the package. Like, yeah. I, I can sit here and break down the game and say, oh, let's get Devontae Adams involved. And, you know, he's on the contract year. And what about Aaron Jones? And I, I can do all that. But I'm talking about something different. You know, the, the variables within the game, which is how bought in are you? Are you still in love with the person you're sleeping with? Is Aaron Rodgers still in love with the Green Bay Packers? Because as of right now, they are married. And he has a ring on his finger. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to give a ring to this organization, which would be his second. Just saying. Those are just thoughts from Nate. Very interesting. I, like, I feel like if you like it, then you, yeah. I feel, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but see, that's uh, uh, what I was thinking, that's... though. I was, I was thinking when he was throwing him interceptions, I was like, uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. <laughs> that's very good. All right, so I'm in the car like you about an hour and a half ago, and I'm listening to Sportsnet 5.9 of the fan, Ben Ennis and Richard Deitch. And Richard Deitch is talking to an NFL guest, and he says, you know, I don't know who saw this Jameis Winston coming in week one. And I, I, wanted to, I wanted to call into the station real quick and say, Richard, you need to be watching more Tim and Friends because our guy Nate Burleson he told you so, and you and I had this conversation going into the year that there was something about this Saints offense, something about this. What did you see from Jameis in week one besides the five touchdowns? <laughs> well, I saw a guy that was comfortable in his own skin. I saw a guy that once felt like he had to be the hero in every moment and save the day. Um, finally realized it's okay to be Clark Kent every once in a while. Yeah. You don't have to run into the phone booth and put on the cape and try to make the most amazing play. And he made, he's made these comments before. He said, I, you know, I, I know I don't always have to be Batman. That's maturity. That's a guy who, who had a starting position removed, um, pulled from him, and also had to be removed and watch the game from a bird's eye view, learning from Drew Brees, understanding the intricacies of this New Orleans Saints offense. And I remember saying months ago that this offense is going to be much more explosive with Jameis Winston at quarterback than it was with Drew Brees. People were laughing at me. People were literally laughing at me. I got a whole bunch of, what is Nate smoking jokes on Twitter? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't smoke. But Jameis Winston is about to Snoop Dogg smoke these defenses. And he did. Yeah. And, I, you know, listen, it could be a combination of things. You know, he got LASIK surgery. Okay, maybe he sees it a little bit clearer. Uh, he also has a thumb fix, so maybe he has a little bit tighter grip on the ball. Um, you know, and also, another thing that we're not talking about, Sean Payton, for so many years, has been looked at as one of the forward-thinking minds offensively. He's a quarterback whisperer. He knows how to tailor offenses um, to support his talent. So why do you think that's going to stop now? With a quarterback with a younger, more livelier arm than Drew Brees. So I was piecing all these things together. And I was shaking the dice a little bit, knowing that Jameis Winston has been reckless with the rock throughout his career yep. and saying that this offense is going to be real good. And the fact that those numbers are down, that's what that's what makes it special. It's one thing if he throws for five touchdowns, he's throwing the ball six times, and you're like, all right, how long is that going to last? But we're talking efficient football. Yep. And he's doing that all without Michael Thomas. Crazy. He, but he was always one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. It was always exactly. about cutting down on the interceptions. And that's why when you said it on this show, Nate Burleson, I was right there with you. Now, before I let you go, uh -huh. I often feel like we see eye to eye 
And you were talking about yep. that transparency between us, or at very least, in a very well, it's, it's like it's like eye to dome because you know you're shorter <laughs> yeah. than me. So yeah. I don't. We're gonna have to stand side by side because you keep saying that, and my manhood is. I'm I'm starting to get a little. All right, so. <laughs> I actually think we are the same size. I just like saying it right now. <laughs> yeah, you, you know it makes me vex. All right. And normally, normally you and I, at least in a very un 2021 like manner, we can have a civil conversation about things that we disagree true. upon and find some common true. ground. Okay. However, I learned this week watching NFL Slime Time on Nick that you are a pineapple on pizza guy. What is going on? Okay, first of all, mm. um, let me ask you, uh, mm. with that response, are you saying that you do not like pineapples on pizza? Nate, this this can't be how it ends between me and you. <laughs> it, it can't be how it ends, pineapple on pizza. <laughs> Don't do me like that. This is only the beginning. All I'm saying is, yeah. let me ask you this. Have you ever tried it? Okay. Yes. Have you ever tried it? Yes, the okay. Canadians right. invented this. You know that, man. This is true. This is true. I, I'm saying I like the sweet with the savory, and I wasn't doing that for the show. I truly do. I'll go, listen, this is what I do. When I'm in my pizza mode, I go deep dish. You know what I'm saying? I want that buttery crust, right. something that's going to sit in my stomach like meatloaf. I go with a nice little pepperoni. I go with black olives. You know what I'm saying? Not okay. green, but I want black. Yeah. I want them thinly sliced. Right. And then I hit you with the pineapple. That means you get the sweet, the salty, the savory. Uh-huh. And it's a little bit of everything all in one bite. As, as my friends in the hood say, hold on. Nehemiah, <laughs> do we put pineapple right. on pizza? Do we put pineapple on pizza, homie? No. Tell him again! No, he's the arbitrator. It's over. Love, peace, right. and hair grease. We love you. We will stay love the same. Too, we will be homies forever. But pineapple on you, pizza, bro. me and Nehemiah. I'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Peace. Always great chatting with Nate and his son, apparently. Time for break. Other side, we'll do another Friday tradition. Best of the week with animals leading the way. Next, on Tim and Friends, which includes sons as well. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Time now for the best of the week. However, a producer is very mad at me because of this pineapple on pizza thing. I've tried it. I don't like it. I don't think it makes the pizza better. Joe disagrees. He writes in on Twitter, Yo, the Deadpool deep dish pizza with the pineapple and black olives is my fave deep dish pizza. It's the perfect mix. Nate has found Nirvana. Wow, Jesse, we know that you have terrible taste in pizza, so we're not going to weigh your opinion very heavily here. You said there is such a thing as too much cheese on a pizza. Yeah, that's However, I did say that. are you pineapple that. on pizza guy? I would eat pineapple pizza if it was the last pizza on earth. Right. Then I would have it. Well done, yeah. I would eat pineapple pizza too if there was no other pizza there. Yes, yes, exactly. But give me other things like the meats. Someone has to order it. Like someone has to actually order the pineapple on the pizza for you to eat it which is strange and i wouldn't would do order that. that and i wouldn't do right. that okay. yeah, just that's where i stand on pineapple on pizza sebi goes the other way he likes it whatever it is the debate for the centuries <laughs> time now for the best of the week here's how it works we scour the internet oftentimes with your help as you tag us on stuff that could contend for the best clip of the week we show you the options live on the show and you can head over to our twitter account at tim and friends to vote for your favorite nominee number one, having fans back in the stadiums across the world has many benefits. There is the excitement, hearing the roar of a crowd after a big play. 
They fire up the home team in big moments. And most importantly, they're there to help in case a cat is about to fall 50 feet from the balcony and needs to be caught by an American flag. Are you confused? Check out the first nominee from the Miami Hurricanes game on Saturday night. I'm not sure about the Simba moment at the end. I hate everything about that video. You don't what? The, the, the cat just fell like two stories and they're lifting him up like Simba. Like give the cat a second. Hey. Right? Oh, without a doubt. But did you see what the cat did to the dude that Simba hit him? Start buddy. Or course. her? Yeah. Tore him apart. Yeah. The guy gave the cat away. Deservedly so. <laughs> yes. It's no way to treat a cat after a traumatic incident like that. Everyone needed to know that the cat was okay. Yes. Oh. That was the part of that. That's a good point. All right. I uh, that. Nominee number two also features an animal at the center of attention, except this time it's on the field of play during a women's All-Ireland cricket semifinal. They're going to have to look to take two. They're going to have to take a chance now. Oh, oh, dog. Oh, Oh, the dog is the ball. Oh, here we go. Now that is... <laughs> Look at the little boy whose dog oh, There is. we go. Dog has puppy, stopped play. They've... Puppy, uh, oh, there we go. I think we'll retrieve the ball. It may need a clean. I think this has brought COVID regulations to a whole new standard. <laughs> the boy takes the ball and throws it to one of the players on the field. That's more our speed, I think. Like, think enough so? with the cats falling from the rafters, like dogs running on the pitch. You think they so? Call it a pitch, right? uh, yeah. The Ryans, the family on my son's baseball team, yeah. completely disagree with you because their dog got away a couple times this year right. and found its way <laughs> to the field. And it turned into a absolute. You're right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just Anthony Stewart's pen just falling from the rafters here. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin, I didn't mean to do that to you. South Korean footballer Wong Hee Chan made his Premier League debut for Wolves this past weekend, and it didn't take long for him to make an impact. Now, that's part of the story. Wong scores the clincher in his first game with Wolves, but the Korean broadcast of the game, just a tiny bit fired up for this one, Jesse. I've never seen people so fired up for such a crappy goal. <laughs> All right, there are two schools of thought. When you talk about celebrating after 
something good. Act like you've been there before or just let him celebrate. It's supposed to be fun. No matter which side of the argument you land on, I think we can all agree when you celebrate so much that you separate your shoulder, it's just another example of when keeping it real goes wrong. Why did he hit the ground? Well, afterwards, tweeting, yes, I dislocated my shoulder. <laughs> Cake assault. Cake assault. Cake assault. Those are your four. Head over to Twitter and our account at Tim and Friends to make your pick. Cake Cake assault. Cake. All right, if you missed any of the nominees, you can also find them on Twitter as well. We'll reveal the winner at the end of the show. His name's Cake Assault. Good that he got up, though. Like, good for him. Separated his shoulder. No, Take it easy. I played an entire hockey game with a dislocated shoulder. Time for break. When we come back, Red Hot Jays open up a series against the Twins. Neck and neck. Red Sox, Yankees, wild card. This is going to be fun. Shy to beating next from the ballpark. Scotty Barnes, too. I'm Tim and Friends. Time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Muchas gracias, Sheepdogs. Back here for hour number two on Tim and Friends. Full hour Sportsnet 360, which will include a conversation with Canucks captain Bo Horvat, who will discuss the upcoming season, of course, and whether or not the Canucks can take that jump to the next level. Plus, Raptors fourth overall pick rookie Scotty Barnes from the Rogers Center where he will throw out the first pitch tonight. Also, Shai Davidi in mere moments from the park as well. Jays opening up the three-game series with the Twins tonight. Now, the Jays enter the night, tied with the Red Sox for the top AL wildcard spot. The Yankees are a half game back of both of them after losing to the O's last night. A's are three games back. Blue Jays Central comes your way on Sportsnet at 6.30 Eastern. Here are the pitching matchups for the series. Tonight it's Michael Pintar Pineda against Jin Ryu on an extra day's rest. He's been much better on that extra day's rest. Now tomorrow it's Bailey Ober versus Steven Matt Sunday. Jose Barrios is going to start for the Jays against his former team. Charlie Montoyo announcing that decision a short time ago. Robbie Ray will pitch Monday in Tampa with Alec Manoa push back to Tuesday. We'll discuss that a little further with Shai Davidi coming up. Here's the Jays lineup in the opener. George Springer leads off and will DH yet again. You may have heard Jesse crack his knuckle. No. Don't worry about it. No. He's fine. <laughs> no, wasn't you? No. Okay. Simeon that Guerrero. Was a false alarm. <laughs> Simeon Guerrero, Bichette, Teoscar in their usual spots. Corey Dickerson is in center. Danny Jansen catches Ryu and Ryu's numbers with Jansen behind the plate significantly better than with others this season. While Jake Lamb starts at third base. Here's the Twins lineup. 
Strike hits, former Jay Josh Donaldson, MVP at third, bats third. The Twins, although 19 games under 500, can hit. They're fifth in the majors in home runs as a team, but have a 490 team ERA, which is 25th in the league. Earlier today, Charlie Montoya was asked if he is scoreboard watching the other teams in the AL wildcard race. How close the standings are right now? Like, do you do any scoreboard watching at night? No, not at all. Uh, no, never have. I heard some kind of yelling last night at Boston Pizza, and <laughs> <laughs> I figured had something happened, <laughs> and then I found out what it was. And it was <laughs> yeah, because they were just Yeah, no, I don't, I don't watch anything. I don't have cable, anyways. Wait a second here, Charlie. We we get a deal here at Rogers, I think. Let's let's get him some cable. Uh, Charlie might not be scoreboard watching, but we are, and so are Jays fans. So here's what's up: Yankees host Cleveland this weekend. Zach Plesac against Corey Kluber tonight. Chris Sale, meanwhile, has been activated from the COVID IL and will start for the Red Sox tonight against my boy Clay Aiken, otherwise known correctly as Keegan Aiken. A's are three back of the Jays and are in L.A. to play the Angels this weekend, while the Mariners, four back, are in Kansas City for a three-game set where hopefully they shut down Big Sal Perez if you are cheering for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to win a Triple Crown, though it's looking harder and harder given what Sal Perez is doing in specifically the RBI category. All right, joining us now from the Dome is... The one and only Shy Davidian. Shy, I know you were gathered around Charlie when he made the Boston pizza joke about people reacting to it, but that wasn't the biggest news of the day, was it? No, it was clearly that Barrios is okay and that he's going to be able to start Sunday. And look, a lot of their plans going forward are going to hinge on whether Barrios is okay or not because he's obviously, you know, 1A in this rotation right now behind Robbie Ray. Uh, the guy that was their prime acquisition at the trade deadline, really the focal point for them. And they need the kind of quality that he's been giving them of late. So, you know, the fact that he's okay, you know, at this point, you know, the Blue Jays, I'm sure, will want to see how he pitches Sunday, make sure that there is no recurrence of that tightness he experienced in his side. But provided that he goes through, well, they can start casting an eye forward a little bit into how the rotation will line up for the final two weeks. All right, so let's do that a little bit because I know there's a lot of people out there trying to figure out what this means and what it meant when we saw the TBA on Sunday. So Barrios now slots in on Sunday. How does this alter what the Jays can do going forward? Well, so Manoa, they're going to push him back to Tuesday. Ray stays on turn on Monday. Manoa, this is more of a workload management issue. But if you cast forward on the schedule a little bit, you know, I think the a lot of the focus is going to be on that Yankee series, September 28th to the 30th. And right now, if they stayed on turn the way things are, it would be Ryu, Mats, and Barrios for that series. But because they have an off day on the 27th, what the Blue Jays could do is skip Mats bring Barrios back for the second game of that series on regular rest and then do the same thing with Ray for the third game so you could have really your three best guys Ryu, Barrios and Ray for that Yankee series and if Ray pitches on the 30th or whoever pitches on the 30th that person would then be lined up for a potential wild card game so that's obviously casting things forward a little bit and obviously a lot can change between now and then but that could potentially be an optimal setup. And then the Blue Jays would have to figure out where they would reintroduce uh, Mats into the rotation there. But 
you know, I think if you're that serious with the Yankees, if it means as much as it could potentially mean by the time uh, the Blue Jays and Yankees get there, uh, you know, I wonder if that's a setup that the Blue Jays might opt for. Right. And and never mind the wild card. Like you might even need a tie break before you get to the wild cards. Like this could be like just basically three weeks of pure excitement. Yeah, and that's this. This is. I mean, if you're Major League Baseball, you can't draw it up much better than this, no. right? Like uh, all the all these teams so close together. You know the. The, the Athletics and the Mariners, you know, they're back a little bit, but they're not completely out of the picture. They could factor themselves in. It, the road is obviously much tougher for them, and it looks like it's just a three-team race. But, you know, anyone stumbles, it creates an opportunity for someone else to jump back in. Uh, and that's excitement in five cities right now. Uh, and that's sort of the beauty of the wild card race and what Major League Baseball obviously wants. And I think Blue Jay fans, I'm sure, would rather it be a little bit more comfortable right now than it is. But, you know, it's remarkable that the Blue Jays are in this situation yeah. considering how they began the month. Where they're right now, they're in control of their destiny. They have one game in hand on the Yankees. They have two games in hand on the Red Sox. So they very much are in the driver's seat as long as they take care of their own business. Yeah, I got a feeling Major League Baseball also likes that uh, Boston and New York are involved in this little <laughs> run to the postseason. Uh, as long as we're projecting out, Shy, are the Jays going to have some options at third soon? Potentially, uh, Kevin Biggio is back playing rehab games with AAA Buffalo. He's done a couple. Santiago Espinal left the team today. He's traveling to Buffalo. He's going to begin a rehab assignment tomorrow. Uh, sense I got is that it could be pretty quick for Espinal. You know, it could be just be a couple games, and he's back, maybe back with the team in time for uh, Tampa on Monday or perhaps Tuesday along those lines. But you know, I think for both him and with Biggio as well. Uh, there's a little bit riding on this because, you know, the Blue Jays have been using that Valera Lamb platoon at third base for right now. But because Lamb joined the organization after August 31st, he's not going to be eligible for the postseason. There's uh, Anyone who is not in the organization as of August 31st cannot be on your playoff roster. So, you know, if the Jays do get to the postseason, they won't have Jake Lamb there. Uh, and then, obviously, they would love to have, you know, uh, be able to choose from Espinal, who gives you another right-handed bat, and Kevin Biggio, who, if he can get rolling and be productive, I mean, he's that one of those left-handed bats that they've been looking for all yeah. year. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, uh, let's talk about Hyunjin Ryu, who goes to the mound tonight. And this is an interesting one for me because he gets that extra day's rest. Jesse and I had a conversation off the top of the show about his numbers with the extra day rest and also with Danny Jansen. And I've oftentimes like, brought up this conversation. So the extra day rest, the number is 10 starts, a 261 ERA, much better than regular rest and two-plus days rest. The Danny Jansen number also significantly better over... Uh, one and a half points lower ERA with Jansen catching him. And I've had conversations with people. Can a battery mate do that? Can Jansen lower a pitcher's ERA? And in this case, Yin Jin Ryu. What's the response that you most often get when you ask that question? I think it depends, right? And I think it's it's hard to judge sometimes because if, you know, the majority of those games that Jansen is catching happen to be on the days where he's got the extra day of rest, okay. then, you know, that could certainly skew the numbers. But there's no doubt that there is a good connection between those two. You know, Jansen spent a lot of time trying to learn Ryu last year, trying to understand and get into his head of how he likes to pitch. And Ryu is a any pitch at any time kind of guy. 
So he needs a catcher who can think along with him. And Jansen certainly learned to do that. You know, I think Reese McGuire has gotten some credit for doing a nice job as well, but he doesn't have the breadth and depth of connection with him that Jansen has managed to build. And so I think anytime you're putting somebody in a position where they're most comfortable and when they're their best position to succeed, you know, that's the ideal scenario. So there's certainly that. But I think there's the other thing going for him. You mentioned the extra day of rest. And I think that's significant. Obviously, the, the numbers are very different. The, there's a three-run difference in ERA between the extra day of rest and the regular rest. But, you know, the thing, if you take a look at the two outings that he had last week, yeah. you know, they're vastly different. That gem against the Yankees when he had the extra day of rest, you know, he, his average fastball velocity was 91.8 miles an hour. Against the Orioles on regular rest, it was down two, two miles an hour, which is significant for him. So I think all those factors, you put them together, and he's certainly positioned about as well as he could be to succeed tonight. Uh, Game Ops is doing it to us again, <laughs> Shy. You know this, right? You hear the Rick Astley playing again? Yeah, I hear it. I, think, I hear it. I think they're I doing it, it to us on purpose. I, think I don't know. I mean, I mean, Jesse, did, Jesse, did you request this? <laughs> you, you like, like Rick Astley on loop on your phone or something? It is Same one of the haircut. better songs out there, yeah. Same so, haircut, too. I, same haircut. <laughs> uh, I will say this. Whatever they're playing, the tune is right for the Jays. 19 and 8 at home at the Rogers Center. Who knows what their record would have been had they played there the entire year. Uh, Shy, I'm never going to give you up. I appreciate you doing this each and every time. Definitely. Appreciate it, guys. Enjoy tonight. Uh, if you don't follow Shai Davidi on Twitter, you are doing baseball wrong. Check him out on Twitter and at sportsnet.ca. Again, Twins, Jays coming your way. Blue Jays Central coming up in just over 15 minutes. When we come back, we go right back to the ballpark, but we're talking basketball. That's right. Raptors fourth overall pick Scotty Barnes will throw out the first pitch tonight at Rogers Center. Should be a fun combo with an early fan favorite, Scotty Barnes, after this on Tim and Friends. With the fourth pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Toronto Raptors select Scotty Barnes from Florida State University. This is a wonderful draft pick for Toronto because I think Scotty Barnes is a top three prospect in the draft. You love the frame, 6'9", 225 with a 7'2 wingspan and a high motor. You see the energy that Scotty can bring everywhere he goes. He just has this energy that just brings the best out of the people around him. He's the new age Draymond Green. He's long, he's athletic. Scotty Barnes is an outstanding uh, building block. Scotty B pounds it down for Toronto. I call him the people's champ because everybody loves Scotty. The sky's the limit for this kid. All right, my next guest was not only the Raptors' fourth overall pick, he is not only becoming a fan favorite despite not having played an official game yet, but he's also throwing out the first pitch at a pretty damn big Jays game tonight, making his Tim and Friends debut, the pride of West Palm Beach. Scotty Barnes joins us now. What's good, Scotty? What's good? What's good? How you doing? Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm doing very well. And I, I want to get to everything. I want to get to the Players' Tribune, which was wonderful today. I want to talk about your rookie season and you wandering the streets of the six on Instagram. But first pitch, homie, mm-hmm. are, are you nervous? You good? Like, are you going to the mound? How we play in this? Uh, 
I don't, I don't, I don't really know yet. Uh, I think I might go to the pa uh, go to the mound, just try to try to throw one, uh, go solid one. Uh, I think I'm, I'm not nervous at all. I'm just, uh, feel like I have a good can on my arm. Uh, feel like I'll be able to throw a little, a good fast one. Nice. So, did you play any baseball at Cardinal Newman or Mount Verde? Uh, nah, I never played baseball in high school at all. Not even grade school, like you chuck it around with the friends. Uh, I remember uh, about seventh grade in middle school, I tried out for the baseball team. Uh, I could have made it, but I, I had an injury uh, back then, so I couldn't play baseball. Understood. So are, I was pretty good at it. Are you going to throw heat, or are you just going to like play it cool, lob over the plate kind of thing? Nah, I'm going to put some heat in the ball for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna throw, I told you, I'm going to throw a good fast one. I, I love believe it. it. I love it. So I know you're, you're just a you. You just turned 20. So I, I hope you've never seen 50 cents first pitch at the Mets game. Did you ever catch a look at Fitty throwing a first pitch at the Mets game? I actually didn't. Good. I heard people talking about it, but <laughs> I actually never seen it. Right. Someone actually sent me that link today and said, do not do this. And I didn't click the link. Yeah, don't I click the link. Click it. Don't click the link. You're good. So a lot, a lot of Raptor fans woke up to your column in the Players Tribune today called What's Good Toronto. What made you want to do something like that? Uh, I just want to uh, make a letter for Toronto just to show how much appreciative I am, uh, what they can be, expect from me throughout the season, uh, just what I'm just going to bring. Uh, I'm going to bring my joy and love to the game, to this team, to this fan base. Uh, so it's really just a welcome letter for me to really just introduce myself to them, of how it's going to be and how we just really going to start off. It's a welcome message. You talk about that joy of the game, and if you heard all of the pundits talking about you in our opening montage, everyone speaks about how fun you're, you are to be around. Is that something that you've brought your whole life? Is it something you learned? Where does that come from? Uh, I would just say it's really just how I grew up, uh, how I grew up raised and things like that. Uh, really just, I'm just really always a happy person, always smiling, always goofing around. Uh, so if you just see me and you ask people about me how I am, I'm just always happy. I'm always just bringing that energy no matter where I'm at. So when I'm on the court, it's just really how my personality is, how I just translate on the floor. Uh, I play the game with a passion. I play with a lot of energy. I just have fun. Uh, I try to enjoy love to its fullest, you know. It's just you. Yeah, yeah, it's just me. It's how I am. I'm not trying to pump your tires, but the hardcores, like the real ones, the real Raptor fans, are already kind of jumping on the Burns bandwagon. Have you felt the love from Toronto fans? Oh, for sure. Uh, from day one. Even before I even got drafted by them, there were still people commenting on my Instagram, uh, texting me on Twitter, different things like that. But as soon as I got drafted, it was immediately love from everyone from Toronto. Everyone. Uh, they blew my Instagram up, blew my Twitter up, blew everything up. Uh, you could just see instant love immediately. That's awesome. I know you've been to Toronto a couple times now since you were drafted. What's the experience been like, even though we're kind of still in this whole pandemic thing? Uh, I wouldn't say I really did so much. I've, yeah. I've toured the city a little bit, uh, went around a little bit, but not so much where I can tell you I did so many different things. But right. as you can see, walk around the city, you just see it's a nice city. Uh, it's a clean city where you don't really see a lot of trash on the floor, different things like that. You see a lot of good people walking around, uh, being able to make some conversation throughout the times so I've been walking around, different things like that. Uh, people just really enjoy uh, just us being here. Nice. So, so I know you spent time at Mount Verde, 
and that's been home to more than a couple Canadians. Uh, there are some hardcores that know Cade Cunningham went there with you. But so did Ryan Nemhard from Aurora, Ontario. Now Creighton, Mississauga's Caleb Houston now going to Michigan. So did that jumpstart a little Canadian flavor from those guys? Like, did they give you kind of the lowdown on what to expect up here? Uh, I would just say uh, it just being able to talk to those guys, just see how funny those guys are with their accent that they have. Uh, <laughs> they really just they always talk about how Canada is in general. Uh, so we just had a little conversation. I have a good friend that's Canadian as well. Nice. So I, I, I heard you experienced a true Toronto man's ting by going to the real jerk with Cardinal. Is that true? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is true. Uh, we went there, went to go get something to eat. Uh, I think I had, I think I had jerk chicken. I had some yellow rice, and I had like the pineapple soda. Uh, nice. Yeah. So I, I had a good meal. So you didn't, you didn't get frisky with uh, no oxtail. You didn't go curry. Just the, the nah. jerk chicken. Nah, I went with the jerk chicken for yeah. now. Uh, I, I I eat that sometimes back home. You know, my grandparents are Jamaican. Uh, right. So they be cooking me the oxtail, the curry, go, all that. Oh, then you are going to eat well in Toronto, my friend. You are going to eat well. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> I would love to talk ball with you. I feel kind of weird because you're at the Rogers Center about to throw out the first pitch. And let me tell you, if there was no pandemic, there would be 50K down there for that game tonight. Mm -hmm. But right now, uh, for the fans that might not know Scotty Barnes, what are you going to bring to Canada's team, the Raptors? Uh, what I'm going to bring to the Raptors is just my energy, my love to the game, uh, my abilities, what I do on defense, being able to play hard, uh, being able to guard the best players on the floor day in and day out, someone that's just going to come in, work, willing to work hard each and every day, developing day by day, step by step. Uh, someone that's just going to be able to be versatile on the floor, uh, on offense, defense, no matter where it is. Uh, just I have so much that I can bring to the game that you, they'll be able to see it when I get out there. You know, the thing that jumps out to me about your game is vision and defense, which is probably like mm -hmm. the hardest thing to teach. Where does that kind of maturity in your game come from? Uh, I would just say it really just comes from how much you want it. I play the game at an unselfish level uh, where it's just I try to make the right plays each and every time when I'm on the floor and not try to force nothing when I'm on the floor. And then defense is just about your mentality, how much you really want it, how much of a dog you are on the floor, how much you're just going to try to willing to work it out uh, that when it's on the floor. Uh, being able to dive on loose balls, uh, get deflections, different things like that. It's about the little things that can become big. I remember the Coastal Carolina coach once said, we need more dogs. So that's good to hear. What, what's the one thing mm -hmm. Raptor fans don't know about Scotty Barnes yet that you think maybe they should know or you want them to know? Uh, one thing that they don't know, uh, I don't know. If you can see, I don't know if they – I'm a fun guy. Uh, I'm a funny guy. I don't know. Uh, they'll, they'll be able to see uh, bits and bits of more and more about me. A fun guy goes over well in this country, let me tell you. Kawhi was once mm -hmm. a fun guy, and he brought home the chips and the dip. Listen, For it sure. was fun chatting with you. Good luck on the first pitch, and if you ever need a chance to talk Raptors, uh, there's an open door here at Tim and Friends. Thanks for doing this. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, there is Scotty Barnes all dressed out in the nines for the Toronto Blue Jays where he'll throw out the first pitch. He's going to throw heat.
You heard yeah, it here first. He said he's coming with heat. He ain't gonna mess around. So did you <laughs> did you throw heat? Is that was that what you were thinking going like walking to the mound? Can I just tell you something? Like, I don't know if I've ever been more nervous for something in my history than <laughs> the first pitch that I threw out. I don't know how many years ago. Like this beats was. per minute. That's like we're over like 150. Your heart rate. At like that I, moment. I, I'd like to think that I was able to bring it down for the pitch, but <laughs> right. it was a little high and tight. I threw a little chin music with it. But there was, like, a lead-up where I found out, like, two weeks in advance, and I couldn't stop talking about it on the show. Like, mm. I had other people on who had thrown out the first pitch, and I asked them what they did in order to get their mind right. Rightfully so. And they don't people just trot were, out anyone. And people were saying, like, you've got to go to the mound. Like, I think it was J.P. Aaron Sebia came on the show, and he's like, I'm like, well, no, I, I heard, like, pitchers get mad if you go out to the mound. And he's like, no, 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 no. You, you can't throw a pitch from in front of the mound. You go right to the rubber, and you throw a pitch. And so that was, that was the part where I was, like, a little bit nervous. And if you notice, it's kind of funny today, because Michael Pineda is starting for uh, the Twins tonight, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I made the Pine Tar Pineda joke where I touched my forearm before I threw the pitch. It was just before I nodded yes uh, to Brandon Morrow, who gave me, I believe it was a fastball. Sign. It was May 2013, Brandon Morrow. What, a, was what a callback. 2013? May 2013. Oh, my God, that was eight years ago. Look at how much more hair I eight had. Eight and a half years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was, that was cool, just chopping it up with Scotty Barnes, fourth, fourth overall pick. Yeah, I, I can't believe he dropped a fun guy. That's awesome. Yeah, no, uh, he knows what he's doing. Like he, he knows that he is, you know, he's doing everything in his power to become a fan favorite, I think. That's probably just naturally how he is. Yeah, no, I think that's the part of this that is resonating with fans is that, okay, so you can tell he has this infectious joy for the game, mm-hmm. but it seemed, when people put it on, you kind of see past it. Yeah. And everything we've heard about this young man, and then in talking to him, you can kind of tell. Like, he was shy, he was a little bit nervous to come on national TV, but the joy of the game was the thing that he wanted to pass forward. Yes, I mean, that's a great point. Like, it, it seemed to me like something clicked when you brought up basketball, and he just went into this another mindset of, like, I, I know exactly what I bring to the table. Right. Like, he's, he studied his own game. He knows exactly who he is. He's a big-time defense guy. He's a rebounder. He's tough. He's going to work hard. Yeah. And, it, and it felt like he had a very good grasp of what he was going to bring to the Toronto Raptors. A couple tweets for you during that interview, right. too. Uh, Zach writes in Banton, talking about Delano Banton, second-round pick, really taught him how to pronounce Toronto properly. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, Deb says, Scotty Barnes thinks we have an accent. Someone needs to take him to Newfoundland. <laughs> very good. So, yeah, the people enjoying hearing from Scotty Barnes. And uh, he's at the Jays game tonight. Hopefully he fires a strike right down the middle. And hopefully the Jays can fire some strikes down the middle, too. Uh, yeah, Hyunjin Ryu. I, I, I think that every new athlete to Canada should have to go get screeched into Newfoundland as a part <laughs> Of their uh, of their baptism to Canada. Well, it's hard enough in Toronto, like you just said. He's gonna, they, it's like it's a new <laughs> accent for Scotty. It would Mars. be fun as hell for every one of them. Promise you that. All right, uh, we're about to lose the Jays audience because a lot of people will be watching Blue Jays Central on Sportsnet. Jamie and Joe standing by to take you to first pitch. As for us, if you want to hang around on Sportsnet 360, flip on over. Or stay there. Captain of the Vancouver Canucks, Bo Horvat, joining us. Another great guest on this Friday edition of Tim and Friends back in 60 seconds on Sportsnet 360. As for you Jays fans, enjoy the game.
I'll be flipping over at 7 too. the 14th named captain in this franchise's history, the third youngest. Bo Horvat, really, the burden that's been bestowed upon him this year, he's really been a workhorse for this team. Just another typical Bo Horvat strong effort here. Bo Horvat heating up. Get on the bandwagon, follow the leader, Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat has developed into that 200-foot centerman. Best player for me the past six weeks, Bo, and Bo knows hockey. I think Bo Horvat is proving why the Canucks tab him to be the heir apparent to Henrik City. Our next guest joins the fray for Rogers Moments NHL Face-Off Contest that is giving away a trip to any NHL home opener in Canada and free tickets to every Canadian home opener in the NHL. And oh yeah, he also happens to be the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Bo Horvat back to the show. Thanks for jumping on with us, Bo. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. What was the off season too short, too long, just right? Like, where are you on this right now? Uh, obviously, it's a little it's, uh, too long for me. Um, now, obviously, we want to be playing in the playoffs. Um, you know, we ran, ran into a little bit of COVID trouble there, but I'm just happy everybody's healthy, back healthy, and um, and getting ready to go for the season. I want to get into the trials and tribulations of that season, but one of the things that this Rogers contest wants to do is celebrate the return of fans to the Sands, which makes sense. How excited are you guys to get fans back in the building this fall? Yeah, I mean, I can't wait. I mean, it's all part of playing in the NHL. It's our passionate fan base. Vancouver has, you know, some of the best fans in, in the world to me, and, um, you know, to have them back in the building, this is great what Rogers is doing. And, uh, yeah, I cannot wait to, to uh, play in front of our fans again. Okay, so someone's going to win a trip to any NHL home opener in the NHL. If I had told the kid growing up in Rodney, Ontario, that you could go to any NHL home opener, what would you have done? Oh, I had been the first. You know, that would be amazing. And, um, you know, to, I'd be on that website tomorrow. Or this as soon as I got off this call, basically. <laughs> um yeah, no, I mean, that'd be amazing. It'd be an amazing experience, especially, you know, every, everything that everybody's gone through over the last couple of years here, um, you know, to get some sort of normalcy back in our lives and uh, and have a little bit of fun. It's, it's definitely going to be a step in the right direction. Uh, that website, rogersfanzone.com. Did you watch any of the playoffs? I don't know if, um, you know, you're the, one of those guys that just doesn't want to watch, but there was some extra juice in those buildings when the fans started to come back. Did you notice that? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I always like to watch the playoffs. Um, me personally, I think it just, I don't know, it, it makes me want to get there. It makes me want to play in them. Um, and, you know, for me, I think it just adds more fuel to the fire to to want to be, uh, you know, playing in the playoffs for this coming year. So, um, yeah, definitely, you could definitely see the energy in the building and, and the difference on home ice advantage there, you know, having full capacity and, and obviously Montreal not having it, but um, again, you just can't wait to have fans back in the stadiums. Uh, 5,000 felt like 50,000, swear to God. I think it was the line. Yes. I, I always go back to, to Derek Sutton, uh, Patrick Swayze's character in Youngblood, and it always sticks in the back of my head. He never liked to watch a game that he didn't play in. So I always keep yeah. that in mind when talking to mm -hmm. NHL players. I, I know the, the travel was crazy and the same team over and over and again, but are you going to miss the North a little bit here? Um, yeah, there's parts of it I'm going to miss. I, You know, I... I enjoyed playing, um, 
you know, the, the teams that you don't see as often, obviously the teams out East, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, um, you know, we always only get to play them maybe twice a year on a regular basis, but at the, at the same time, you kind of got sick of them after a while, after a while, that's for sure. Everybody in that division, um, there were some heated rivalries and some heated battles, but um, I'm going to be happy to, to get back to a normal season here. Hey, listen, obviously last year was about more than hockey. Uh, you guys went through a lot and ended up missing the playoffs. And I've gone through some tough times in my life, and while it wasn't immediately understood to me, there was definitely uh, some tough lessons learned along the way. Is there anything that you can take from last year, or is it just something that you move on from as quickly as you can? I mean, you can definitely learn from from different things about last year. Um, obviously, you know, I'm proud of the Obviously, we didn't make the playoffs and it wasn't our main. You know, it didn't happen the way we wanted it to happen. But at the same time, we showed a lot of resilience coming back from a lot of the things that we went through, um, you know, dealing with well, getting COVID and our families and kids getting COVID. Um, you know, we went through a lot last year and grew as a team. Um, at the same time, we want to put that in the rear view and, and focus on this year. And I'm excited about our group. All right, so let's focus on that group and this year. Uh, some new additions, Ackman Larson, Garland, Jason Dickinson. What do you think about the additions that you guys have made? I'm really happy with them. I mean, uh, obviously it's tough to see some guys go. Um, you know, you build relationships with them. But yeah. uh, at the same time, I think the guys that we brought in are going to really help our group out. And, um, you know, we brought in some really good, talented players. And, yeah, again, I'm really excited to see what they got at camp and in the preseason and, and going into the season as well. said this a bunch of times in the show that I thought that you guys might be the surprise team, that, that you seem to be right there. I said it last year going into the season as well. Do you feel like you're ready to take that next step? Yeah, I think um, if we're ready or not, we have to. I think, um, hmm. you know, I think we've built a good foundation here. We've got a good young core group. And, um, you know, I think... You know, this is our time. Uh, you know, I, I'm getting to the, the age now where I want to win. Um, I don't want to go through the rebuilding stage anymore. And, and for me, you know, I have to raise my game in, in order to, uh, you know, to get to that next level and get to uh, the playoffs again. So, again, I can't wait for the season to start. Obviously, there are a bunch of fans in Vancouver that are demanding that I ask about Pedersen and Hughes, and it's not like I think that uh, that they think that you're doing the negotiation because you're the captain, but how do you keep those two players involved even though they're not with you and kind of a- avoid the distraction that sometimes these things can be? Yeah, no, I mean, like, again, like you said, it's it's tough to, you know, to find the fine line there. Um, for me, it's just... You know, as, as a captain, just keep reaching out, see how things are going, try to keep them in the loop with the guys around. Um, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully the, the, the job gets done. You know, they, I, it took me a, until, you know, a week before camp, a couple of days before camp until uh, things, you know, uh, got sorted out in my contract. So, you know, it's, these things take time. Uh, I'm confident that they'll get done. And, you know, we can't wait to see them back in the dressing room. All right, so the Canucks home opener is looking it up before the show. October 26th, it'll be the first game with fans at Rogers Arena in 595 days. Does it feel like it could be a pretty special night? It does. You know, whether it's half capacity, you know, or full capacity, I think just having anybody in the building, our families back in the building, fans. Um, I think it's just going to be a heck of a night. And honestly, I, I cannot wait to get things started and play in front of our fans again. 
Awesome. Neither can I. Uh, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, drop by anytime, Bo. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. There is the Canucks captain, Bo Horvat. And you heard how just how special it could be. Uh, and Vancouver is a beautiful place to visit, Jesse, if you want to get in on the action, perhaps win a trip to any NHL home opener in Canada. Head to RogersFanZone.com and sign up now for your chance to win the trip. Even free tickets to every single Canadian NHL home opener. Man, it's going to be fun to be back in the buildings. And Rogers wants to celebrate with you. Simply head to RogersFanZone.com or follow Rogers on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for the latest. Like, I can't. I'm, I'm Bart Scott right now. I can't wait. Isn't it crazy just how quickly the offseason comes and goes? Like, I know this one was a little bit... This one was a little shorter, yeah, a little than, shorter than usual, yeah. but yeah. usually it's just... It, it happens so quickly, and now you're coming to a point in the year where you could have the Blue Jays still playing, football's back on, yeah. hockey training camps get going next week. It, this is one of the best times of year to be a sports fan, and this show's going to be packed because of it. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, but that's your captain, right? Like, I asked that question right off the top. Yeah. And he said the, the offseason was too long because they didn't make the playoffs last year. Like, think of everything Vancouver went through last year. All of the trials, the tribulations. He mentioned his family got COVID as well, which includes his young son, which includes his wife. They battled through all mm-hmm. of that and almost made a run there before having to play, like, what? I don't know, 24 games in 21 days. Like, it was ridiculous yeah. how they closed out the season. And I was thinking in my head, like, Maybe a little bit too short, you know, the offseason, given everything they went. No, too long. He wants to get back at it right away. Yeah, That's your captain. They're, yeah, they're, they're a team that I think last year expectations were higher than they had been previously. Yeah. And it became a difficult year, and things happened. I think we were saying this about the Blue Jays like a month ago, that yeah. sometimes you just run into some os- obstacles over the course of a year, and it just doesn't work out. But it's not like this team isn't talented. No, it's not like they talented. haven't brought in some help during the offseason. They have. And they still have a pipeline, too. Totally. The cupboard is not bare in Vancouver, which makes this a really interesting team. I will say this. I said it yesterday with Kevin Mickey. I think the Pacific Division is going to open up a lot of things for Edmonton, Mm -hmm. Calgary, and Vancouver. You've got Seattle in the mix, and then basically the bottom three teams in that West Division were those California teams. They're bad. I, I don't know that they've gotten much better. No, they were bad. And yeah. they're probably going to be bad again, yeah. And so there could be some hay to be made. Calgary, which if they don't do it, things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Edmonton, if they don't do it, things are going to change. And Jim Benning's been on the hot seat for about eight years. Yeah, the Sedins, I think, were watching practice. And they are always now going to be looming large <laughs> yes. in the background with Jim Benning still having that job. All right, time for one final break. We will get to our best of the week winner and last call as we close out a Friday here on Tim and Friends. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. You've been voting for the best of the week winner at Tim and Friends on Twitter. Let's take a look at the results. And, well, you either loved it or you hated it, but people (laughs) seem to love it. 47% the winner the fans saving the cat, giving it a 10th life in Miami. But the whole stadium is watching this transpire, right? Seems like a roller coaster at Wonderland. Yeah, it does. A little slick Six Flags action. 
Do you think the cat would have landed okay with nine lives? Or did the flag save its life? No. It definitely saved its life. And that's not the part that I have a problem with. It's the dangling from the rafter and then the holding the cat up like it's some sort of trophy. Simba, I am your father. Simba. I get it. The cat just destroyed that dude's hand. So we're okay with it. Very impressive Mufasa. That was Mufasa, right? I, yeah. thought, I thought so. Well, James Earl Jones. Yeah. Well, yeah. This yes, but Mufasa. is CNN. Uh, for those uh, who are writing in right now, I didn't have a chance to... Uh, proofread all of the boards throughout today. Uh, we are aware that Jace Harlock is playing for Skellefti in the Swedish Elite League, so we apologize for the mistake on the board. Uh, we will rectify that next time around, but he is in the Swedish Elite League. Okay, right. very good. Very Want to do good. some last call? Let's do some last call. Right. And uh, Bo Horvat was just on the show. Let's continue with some, some hockey. Training okay. camps open across the NHL next week, but several key restricted free agents remain unsigned, including... The Canucks, Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes, and the Senators' Brady Kachuk. Mm -hmm. Today at NHL Media Day in Chicago, Brady's brother, Matthew, sat down with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick for an upcoming episode of 32 Thoughts. And they asked him for an update on Brady's contract negotiations. Really? Do you talk to Brady at all during this? During the season or during, no, during the summer? The, like now as he's going through his all situation the time. with all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the mix. I'm oh, always okay. I don't, I don't, some, I don't. It's a family business. Nobody wants to deal with the Kachucks in this, <laughs> but uh, we do it by a committee. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, Brady might be, he's doing great. Well, so, well, I want to hear what you, Brady might be. What well, were you, what he, might, he might be pulling a classic Kachuk right now. I mean, Dad held out, Matthew held out, and Brady looks like he's on his way right now. So hopefully it gets... Uh, Hopefully we can get figured out here, but uh, there's just a lot of a lot of fake stuff out there regarding this. They're they're not too close, so hopefully it gets figured out. But who knows? My dad and I are definitely involved. Brady needs Brady needs us to to help him out with that stuff. He's not he wasn't as cutthroat as we were during it, but he's starting to become more of a kachuk the later this goes. So it's uh, it's good though. He's uh, he's a great player. Deserves to get everything he should, and. Um, you know, he's the most important part of their team, the captain. I mean, obviously, all the stuff that all of us know about him. And he loves it there, absolutely loves it there. So we'll see what happens. But now being in Calgary, I won't be involved as much, obviously. Yeah, he's a good chuck. I mean, that's how we do it. So it's uh, – hope. I'm hoping it just, you know, gets better soon. But I guess it can only get better. From the sounds of it so we'll see indeed but can i guess your biggest takeaway from that entire clip first <laughs> sure elliot's voice off the top <laughs> did you hear my chuckle serious <laughs> elliot is there any way we, voice yeah it was like uh the dulcet tones of elliot Freeman get real serious yeah. with Matthew can we can we just re-rack the start of just it guys start, yeah all right yeah. here listen listen to what i chuckled at do you talk to brady at all during this <laughs> During the season or during the summer? Like now Do you going. talk to Brady at all during all this? Talk about Mufasa. Yes. Woo. James Earl Jones meet Elliot Friedman. That is, that is too good. Um, should the Sens be worried about that 90-second yeah, Yes, clip? without a doubt. Although, uh, listen, Newport Sports, as Jeff Merrick jumped in, obviously is the agency that represents Brady Kachuk. But as Matthew said... 
so does dad, so does brother. And that's all a part of the negotiations of what he dropped there. He knew damn well what was going to happen, that that clip would show up on Tim and Friends, and Pierre Dorian would start getting a bunch of calls from a bunch of people saying, what the hell is going on here? He is a valued member of the Ottawa Senators, and let me tell you something, if they bleep that up in Ottawa, there will be hell to pay because they've done this before where they've gone cheap on superstars or people who appear like they're on the verge of superstardom and it hasn't gone well, Ottawa. So get your heads out of your asses and sign the dude. Yeah, this is not what the centers need at, yeah. this, at this time. I'm not saying overpay. I'm not saying overpay. I understand that the cap right now makes it very tough and you've got to stick to lines here. But Ottawa is not the franchise that needs to be playing around with someone who looks as good as Brady Kachuk was. No doubt. Okay, the Canes, Sebastian Ajo, also spoke to the media today in Chicago. The first time we've heard from him since the whole Yasperi Kotkiniemi offer sheet thing and the Canes trolling of the Habs. And Ajo told ESPN, to be honest, it's pretty funny to see a $20 signing bonus. It got people talking. I think it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be fun playing them next year. So <laughs> what kind of reception do you think Kotkaniemi will get on his first visit to Montreal? I, the reception from the... Like, I feel like the fans will be mad at him, but they shouldn't be. Like, he got twice, maybe three times more than he would have gotten anywhere else. And I think the only one that will be mad are the two GMs. Yes. And I would want to mess with Mark Bergevin. Like, dude is jacked. Right? Like... Tight suits. I don't know if Dundon yeah. or Waddell wants to go to Montreal and see good old Mark Bergevin turn a corner because we might have a little... Yeah. yeah it's not Kakiemi's fault. Like, he didn't solicit the offer. Of course he's going to sign it. Yeah, yeah, he did. Six point... Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he had to sign it. He had to sign it, but <laughs> yeah. he didn't ask for it. It was an offer sheet from the... Well, yeah. Maybe he did. Yeah. Oh, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Uh, yeah. If you want me to do this, it's going to cost you 6.1. Yeah, that's possible. Circle that one in the calendars. I too. think most people would sign a contract, double the contract that you basically deserve. More right? than double, probably. Yes. Um, they play, those two teams, October 21st. So that should be fun. Yep, circle uh, it. Groundbreaking ceremony for the Clippers' new arena was held today in Los Angeles. The Intuit Dome is scheduled to open for the 2024-25 season. Kawhi and Paul George, here we go, were on hand for the ceremony and were treated to a live performance by the band Fitz and the Tantrums. Here they were excited, eh? Two things. Number one, yeah. I don't hate that song. Like, well, the more we, we play it, yeah. I don't really hate it. Uh, that's number one. Number two, the Raptors would have never subjected Kawhi to that. No, it would right? have been Drake. Right, it would have been Drake. Well, so actually, Fitz and the Tantrums are the Clippers version of Drake. I will say this. I'm still waiting for Drake's performance at the Raptors' championship parade. I know why it didn't take place. It was a really good decision that it didn't take place given all that had taken place up until that juncture in time. But I am still waiting for the Drake concert in and around a Raptors game okay. that's free to the real ones. Okay, but you realize that that would have prolonged 
the parade. I and you were already on air for I seven hours. I said 17 times. I gave three caveats to that that I understood why. I'm just waiting for the real ones, the ones who have been there from jump, to get that free Drake concert because he is the global ambassador of the team. That's all I'm saying. Right. So Kawhi is coming back after that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know who not to have. If he does come <laughs> back, the tantrums. At the Apparently, they're like a real band. Like it's not a, they're no joke. I got it. But. I, I yeah. got it. Uh, that's it for us. A reminder, kids: the Jays and Twins over on Sportsnet. Have a great weekend. As we leave you for the week, let's take a look back at our week right here on Tim and Friends. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday. What? It's Friday then. Jesse Rubinoff back from his bachelor party weekend in the Muskoka. Tim Rubinoff. Good to see you. <clears throat> the hell are you doing over there? Babe and Rue? Yeah, Babe is the nickname of my significant other fiance, Haley, and Rue is me. I now. didn't give you the copyright laws, but. That's right, I didn't do it though, so, you know. Nice. Not to brag, but <laughs> I want a wall sit. 17 minute wall sit. <laughs> I don't believe you. You did a 17 minute wall sit for yes. real? I may, have, I may have quietly in the corner stood up once, but no, no, no one needs to know that. I knew it. Everybody was tested and fully vaccinated, in case you're wondering, so I just want to point that out just to make sure. But you were tested for COVID. Yes. <laughs> okay. yes. Vlad Guerrero Jr. has about as good of a chance of winning the MVP as Tim and Morosi have of beating me and you in a hair tag team contest. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is not happening. I know. Allow me to reintroduce my friend, Cabral Richards, who joins me in the studio. What's going on, Kevin? It's, it's great to see you. It's also, I'm just one of you. Thank you very much. Speaking of betting, there's Michael Jordan and Cabral Richards. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. Whoa, 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 Fitzmagic. Yeah, he was lost to a hip injury. In you know. Better believe he's not playing. Stop it. Get some help. You've certainly made it known that you have bested me in week one. But let me tell you something. It's just facts. Yeah, go ahead. Man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. One and one last week, but Timmy, you have hit your peak. Gonna beat that bald-headed <laughs> Darren Dam team! I love how, like, you didn't have the balls to come out here and say that I was a bald man with a swear word at the end. <laughs> you needed the rock to do it for you. Ladies and gentlemen. The weekend. What?